might want to write down these extra references, maybe on the back side if there's more room back there, and uh, if not, just on the side of the margin or somewhere. But um, you might want to write down some notes as we go along tonight. And, of course, this is being recorded, and you can go back and listen as well and fill in some of the things you might have missed. But Second Peter chapter 2, Second Peter chapter 2, and... Uh, in 2 Peter chapter 2, we'll just pick up in verse 9. The Lord, no, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be ch- punished. But chiefly, chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. In that verse 10, there is a phrase in there that says, despise government. And that might be something that people would use to say, well, you can't despise any of your government. Well, thankfully, as an American, we understand the idea of freedom of speech, freedom of uh, thought, and uh, and freedom uh, of individual soul liberty, I think, is a Baptist distinctive that we understand as well. But what is the context here? Well, the context here is verse 10 in the beginning them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. So the context is our own flesh and the uncleanness that our flesh is capable of. I'm thankful that there are laws. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness or lie. Those are laws that we understand from God, and then there's even other laws that help us to understand restraints are necessary. And chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise governments are people who have a lustful flesh that want to despise all governments, all restraints in our life. This is, this is something that every one of us has. We, we, we need this. Um, It says they're self-willed, not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Understand that God has given us restrainers and governors in our life. I drive a a school bus. I upgraded to an old school bus from an antique bus several years ago. What it's really nice. This one's got a heater. That's really nice. And um, my buses have always had governors. Of course, being as old as they are, I'm not sure you need the governor, but my buses have a governor. Most buses have a governor. And if you know what a governor does, it keeps you from going too fast. It keeps you from going over a certain uh, a speed. And uh, that's why you rarely see a, a school bus pulled over for speeding, because I'm not sure how possible it is. Uh, but it's one idea of a governor, and it's there to keep us from doing something harmful to ourselves. You know, God's given us as human beings some government, some governors in our lives, and those are good things. First governors you ever got was your parents, all right? Hopefully they were good governors. Not all parents are, but hopefully they were good governors to help and to keep things from getting out of hand. With your finger there in Second Peter, go with me to Proverbs. I'm going to just show you some things in Proverbs. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 13, and we'll just look at some things. I wish more of our young people were here tonight, but I'm glad for the ones that are here, and I hope you're listening well at this point right here. Proverbs 13, verse 1, it says, A wise son, or you could say a daughter, heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner 
heareth not rebuke. That's a despiser of government. Okay? That's the right context. A scorner doesn't listen to their father when their father is giving instruction. Chapter 15, verse 12, Proverbs 15, 12. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. You despise the restraints in your life. You know, there are people who think that all authority is their problem. They're despisers of government, okay? Look at chapter 19, Proverbs chapter 19, and verse number 27. 1927, cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scorners, and stripes for the backs of fools. Be aware that scorning government by itself just because their authority is wrong. That's a scornful spirit that is very wrong and shame on you for doing so. And by the way, the Bible says that God will scorn the scorner. Okay? So be aware that we are not scorning good government. We need to recognize that. As a matter of fact, I don't want to belabor the point, but even in Hebrews chapter 13, it says in verse 7, Obey them that have the rule over you who have spoken to you the word of God. It's talking about pastors having some authority in some ways. And young people, if you have a Bible-believing church and a Bible-believing pastor, you should be listening to the pastor. Now, that doesn't mean the pastor is always telling you what to do all the time. That, I, don't, I don't think that happens very often. But boy, I tell you, when the pastor or anyone in, in your authority is speaking to you and talking to you, you listen and you don't despise them just because they're telling you what to do. That's wrong. That's wrong. We are given some good governors in our life. We need to recognize that. We need government in our lives to restrain us from ourselves sometimes. I don't know about you, but my flesh will do lots of rotten things if I don't have any governor in my life, if I don't have any restraint in my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7... 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, said something that was a good governor. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1, here's what he said. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. So verse 1, he's saying, look, due to the nature of things and how fast things can get out of control, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. You can combine that with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 where he said, thou shalt not commit adultery, and you might not actually commit the action of adultery. But Jesus said, looking upon a woman and lusting after her in your heart is committing adultery in your heart. And in the Old Testament, Job, I think it was chapter uh, 31, verse 1, Job said, why should I think upon a maid? We know what he meant by that. 
Listen, this is what makes pornography just automatically, and not just what we call pornography, but just anything sensual that is mostly of your commercials and magazines and, and, and billboards today that gets you to think of something and to look at something. I was just reading something this afternoon that a Christian man posted. He wasn't a Christian at the time that he experienced some of these things, but he learned by by experience that, you know, I had a terrible problem with lust and just looking at things. And he said, my wife couldn't trust me, and, I, and, and it was terrible. It was awful for our marriage, but I'll tell you what, it's a proof that you've got something governing you when you can turn away. You know, what... For instance, as, as human beings in this world that we live in full of sinful people, as a man, I can be just doing my thing downtown. I can be going to the post office. I can be going to the gas station. It's a hot July day, and somebody pulls up on the other side of the pump, and they get out, and they don't have much clothes on. Okay? I can't help that. Okay? But I sure can, I sure can see it in my peripheral and say, boop, 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 warning, I need to recognize... I don't need to look that way. There's a difference between having noticed something and looking. I mean, read about David when he's walking on the roof of his house. He didn't just casually notice something. No, he was looking. Look, those are governors in our life that can help us. And if the Holy Spirit of God is ruling and reigning inside, he's there saying, don't be looking at that. Watch out. Steer clear. Don't go that way. We all need that. And people laugh. Oh, I'm going to tell you what. I wouldn't trade places for some of those people who think that these governors are just a little too strict. Can I tell you, I've been married for 26 plus seven years. And I'm thankful that we didn't touch until we were married. And whether you believe it or not, we didn't miss anything. We didn't lose out on anything. I would say the opposite is true. I would say that the opposite is true when you realize, what was that all about? What do we get the cart before the horse for? Why don't we have more regulations and rules in our life? It's okay. It's not a problem. And when it says it's good for a man not to touch a woman, you're a shameful parent if you laugh at that with your kids. That's the Bible. I didn't write it. God used man, Paul, to write it. It goes on to say, we don't expect you to be a celibate monk. To avoid fornication, let every man have his own girlfriend. Oh, is that what it says? Let every man have his what? Wife. In other words, marriage gives you the license then and the freedom to then be touchy. And you can ask Miss Wilma, since the wedding day, and since we stood before an altar and gave our vows and said, I do, we've been touching. The governor was lifted in that area. Whoopee! And it's okay. Listen to me. Those are good things. And when a teenager or anybody despises government, ah, despises the government in your life, that's wrong. You're hurting yourself. And I can be a bus driver and I can say, you know what, I don't care. I have been driving buses longer than anybody else that drives a bus in Custer County 
And if I want to go 60 or 70 miles an hour on Sydney Park Road, I can. And maybe I can. But one of these days, something bad's going to happen. That's why they have governors. Proverbs chapter 3, I mentioned it, but now let's look at it just so you can see it. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 33 and 34. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lonely. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. I'll tell you what, you are in bad trouble when God is scorning you. But opposite of that, verse 34, he giveth grace unto the lowly. Your desire to just be lowly so that you can have the grace of God in your life, that should be our desire. That should be what we want. So this idea, if someone if someone comes to you or says, oh, the Bible says not to despise government, understand the context is talking about the governors in our lives. Those good things that are God-given restraints that we need. And we could go on and on. There's lots. You know, I don't necessarily like red lights, but I'm thankful for red lights. I don't like the stop sign necessarily, but you know what? We need the stop sign before we go out on the 65-mile-an-hour road. We need some governors in our life. We do. We need some things that restrain us. Because how many of us have done a California stop? And how many of us have said, well, nobody coming for miles. Don't you hate it when you're at a red light and there's like nobody but you there? Well, yeah, but we know why it's there. It needs to be there. It does need to be there. Have you ever been in a foreign country and driven in a foreign country? I'm telling you what, that's suicide, just driving around. That is scary stuff. In Mexico, I'm not an expert in foreign countries, but in Mexico, their stop sign is called alto. means stop. Nobody does. So they put these speed bumps, these great big speed bumps before the alto. And one's not enough, so they put two or three. So by the time you get to the alto, your transmission is like all over the road. Because they can't get people to just obey the governor. So they got to put speed bumps there. And that's because of a godless society. And when you have a godless society, you got more stupid laws and stupid things. Okay? That's what happens. And so when we despise governments, we're despising the good things that God gave us and the limits that God gave us. I think it's pretty sad about this lady. You've heard of her. She had one rule to live by, and she just couldn't handle it. She despised the idea that she couldn't eat from the tree that she wanted to eat from. She's the only governor she had in the whole life, and she just despised it. And her husband did too, and here we are. And so that's the context. That's just some of the idea when, it, when that verse says that. At the same time, Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. 
Verse 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. The whole purpose of government over mankind is to keep law and order. We need law and order. And rulers, according to verse 3, are to be a terror to evil, not to good works. That's what rulers are supposed to be. Rulers are supposed to be for the terror of the bad people. Rulers are there to, and so you and I should not despise or be, uh, you know, dismissive and, and non-subject ourselves to good rules and good rulers. We should. But we know what's happened today. And by the way, if someone says, despisers of government means you can never not like your government. That's silly. Jesus one time said, you tell Herod that fox. Sound like he kind of despised him? Knew he was a wicked man? John the Baptist got his head cut off for telling the truth about Herod. But John the Baptist was right. What I love about being an American is we recognize that we the people are really the ones who are supposed to be kind of self-governing and that our laws are we the people not necessarily just dictatorship one of the sad things and this is something I do despise is when we have whether it's in the state government or in the national government we have something called executive orders I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. Those are wrong. They're just wrong. Nobody was given that kind of power in our original Constitution. That wasn't there for them to do that, to just declare laws out of thin air. And once it got started, it just, both sides now do it, and it's a shame. It ought not be, and all you got to do is wait for the next guy to get in and flip the whole thing around. It's not a good thing. It, it, it's a, it kind of shows the sign of the times you're in when that starts happening. But we have that. But rulers are to be a terror of evil, not a terror of good works. Can I tell you something? During COVID, a lot of the rulers were a terror to good works. They just were. They were a terror to good works. <clears throat> There's a slogan, and they follow it to the T. Never let a good crisis go to waste they follow it man some people are just itching for the next big crisis to happen because then they can manipulate the sheep more this is wrong and I'm thankful that I live in America I was over in Belarus which is next door to Russia and next door to Ukraine and while we were in Belarus um, my brother-in-law explained to me he said one thing that the Belarusians are just kind of almost horrified at us Americans is the way we say negative things about our politicians. He said, because over there, they don't ever do anything. You don't ever say something negative. Aren't you thankful to be an American? 
to, to be able to think for yourself and to have freedom of speech. We need to, we need to recognize and understand what Scripture is saying and what it's not saying. In fact, wicked rulers are terrors to good works. They are. Wicked rulers, bad rulers, are terrors to good works. Now, before I get too far away from our original text, despisers of government, that would be people like fornicators. It's wrong to fornicate. It's wrong to shack up. You are hurting your society when you do that. Not to mention if there's a baby born out of wedlock and what you've done to that baby. It's just wrong. And that's against the word of God. Okay? Adultery, adultery, that's despising government. That's despising the laws of the land. And I realize that we now have a serious, I don't know if you know this, but we have a serious problem in our country right now concerning marriage. Serious. But let me just tell you something. It started when we despised marriage, period. Divorces and remarriages and all that got real loose and adultery and um, what's the phrase they like to use? An open marriage or whatever they say. All this stuff is a despise of marriage. Guess who invented marriage? Guess who put the first man and the first woman together? And we despise, and we, and we're seeing the despise. That's despising good. Go- the, the the state has no right to tell us what marriage is because they're not the one who invented it. God did. And we're in a mess when we get ourselves all wishy washy on this stuff. You know, pastors can be despisers of government. Beware of the pastor who doesn't want any constitution, doesn't want any bylaws to go by, doesn't want any budget. Why? That's the pastor now despising any kind of governor, right? Be careful of that. I mean, there are rulers who despise government. They just go do their own thing. There was this king, Uriah, excuse me, Uzziah, he was a good king, but when his older years, in Isaiah chapter 6, the year that King Uzziah died, why? He went in and took a hold of the temple responsibility that belonged to the priests and started doing his own thing, and boom, he got stricken with leprosy. Why? He was despising God's government. Of course, King Saul lost his kingdom because of that as well. You know who else despises government I mentioned already presidents and governors when they decide that they are above the law regardless of the decisions in the political realm it was about 30 years ago we had a president who talked like this he's from the south and Paul Harvey said you know Ronald Reagan was so respectful of the Oval Office that he wouldn't take his suit coat off the whole time he was in that office Paul Harvey went on to say, but you know Bill Clinton didn't even keep his pants on while he was in the office. You talk about a despise. So Bill Clinton despised marriage, despised government. You think that's a good governor? You think that's a good ruler? This is why we should pay attention to a man's marriage and to a man's attitude towards marriage and a man's attitude towards a lot of things. And we don't anymore. But a despiser of government is somebody you can't trust. And speaking of Paul Harvey, he used to have this saying, he'd say it a lot, self-government doesn't work without self-discipline. 
Another despiser of restraints, a despiser of government, would be homosexuals. They're a despiser of the maker who made them. And then they live a lie, and they got to have you believe the lie and talk about the lie as well. Somebody here was telling me about how the, you used to work back east in your employment, and George decided to change his name to Jessica, and you'd been calling him George for years, and all of a sudden you walked down the hall and you said, hey, George, and Jessica got real mad at you and turned you in, okay? Because you called George, George, instead of Jessica. Well, that's because George is still George, even if he looks like Jessica. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. This is, we're, get, we're in loony land. This is weird, weird country. And despisers of government, and despisers of restraints, homosexuals are doing it. And you know what else is going on besides this, the homosexual agenda? Of course, because sin never satisfies, you know what else they're pushing through and are getting to? Pedophilia. There is such an, a wicked undercurrent of pedophilia and child molesting going on. Washington, D.C., probably the worst place of all. Big name people involved. That is a despiser of the maker. I mean, just filthy wicked that we can't even discuss in public. And I'll never forget what one despiser of government by the name of Larry Flint said. You know who Larry Flint it was? Larry Flint owned one of the Playboy companies, one of the pornography companies. I think it was called Hustler or something like that. When they were in trying to impeach the president who couldn't keep his pants on in the Oval Office, Larry Flint said, I got dirt on all these guys. And you, all, you keep going after this president, I'll just start revealing other names. And you know what? That president never did get impeached, did he? Because there's a lot of this junk going on. And when we get away from God, our ultimate governor, we have all kinds of a despising of governments and rising above and becoming our, our own master, our own law, our own law. And we're above the law, as they say. That's totally wrong. Whether you're a pastor or anybody else, there is someone over you and something over you. Watch out for people who have no governing inside. You've heard me tell the story of my oldest son and how that he came to me saying how sorry he was that he had disobeyed my rules about shifting the lawnmower from third, second into third when he was mowing our grass. And of course, we're, we kind of laugh like, oh, that's such a silly thing because, you know, it's no big deal. But I just made a rule. I don't want you to shift because I'm afraid you're going to burn the thing up. And so I just want you to ride. And, and second gear is going to be really slow for you. But that's what. And, and he confessed at the end of the summer that he'd been shifting without my knowledge. Now, the truth is, it probably didn't hurt the mower. But it was hurting his conscience inside. And one night driving home, he's, Dad, I got to tell you something. I'm, I have no idea what he's about to say. Can I tell you, in, in one sense, I was very relieved. That's all it was. But on the other hand, I had to act like, well, that's serious. I mean, you disobeyed. But you know what ultimately was the result of that? Hey, we can trust him. He's got something in here that's governing things. 
We can trust him. You know what anarchy is? Anarchy is despising government. Anarchy is I want no laws. I want nobody telling me what to do. You watch out for those people. It doesn't matter if they, oh, man, what's going on? We're going to go take over. Listen to me. If they're anarchists, they, they're not going to be happy till no rules are on. That's not what we want. Hey, we're thankful for laws. We're not thankful for wicked rulers, but we're thankful for laws. That's good. Over in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter, not 2 Peter, but 1 Peter chapter 2. Anarchy is how you get rally, rioting in the streets with what they call Black Lives Matter. Where they burn down cities and they burn down cars and they kill people who had nothing to do with it. Dragging people out of their semi-trucks and beating them to death. That's anarchy. Makes my blood boil. During COVID or somewhere around there, I think it was that trial or whatever that thing with that guy Floyd or whatever I have no idea what the woman had done to make him so bad but this woman that I think that owned a store was in a wheelchair and she's outside her store trying to defend her store and herself and they just abused her and beat on her I wanted to reach through the screen and strangle those people wicked 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13 it says in verse 12, having your conversation, your life, your lifestyle honest among Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to kings as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. There are certain things we should submit to. We know what those are. Those are the laws of the land, the good laws of the land. For this is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Don't use your liberty as a, for malicious purposes or to take advantage. Verse 17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Obey good laws. We should recognize and be thankful there's some good laws. We should be thankful that there are some good rulers and some rulers who have done good and thank the Lord for them and praise God that we have some semblance of order. But there is nothing unbiblical about disobeying ungodly laws and rulers. You're not disobeying the Bible when you disobey someone who is disobeying the Bible directly towards you. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. I just want to give you a few places, and then we'll look at the handout I gave you. Acts chapter 5 and verse 29. Peter and the others were doing God's work. They were preaching the word. And Acts 5, 29, Peter said, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, They all said, We ought to obey God rather than men. But what if the new law of the land says that you have to recognize homosexual marriages? I have a higher law than that wicked law. We ought to obey God rather than men. Well, then they're going to come after you. Well, then I guess I'm going to have to trust the God that I'm obeying. My guess is 
in this country, the way they would do it is usually through the pocketbook. That's normally how they hit you. So the, probably one of the first things they would do is take away your taxation exemption as a church. You don't follow our guidelines. You are guilty of discrimination, so you are no longer eligible for tax, tax exemption, which is against the founding fathers, which is against everything American. But here we are. And, and I would just trust that God would help us to pay our taxes. He said, well, pastor, I think at that point we ought to just rise up and fight. You know, there are a lot of people in churches in other countries that don't even have this freedom, but they still have to abide and get along. So we need to, we need to use wisdom here, but I mean, honestly, the truth is you don't have to own property to be a church. Sure is nice, isn't it? Sure is a blessing. Another place that you can see where there is nothing unbiblical about disobeying ungodly laws is in Daniel chapter 3 when the king said, everyone's going to bow down and worship this statue, this, this statue that I've built. As soon as you hear the music played, you bow down. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just stood there. Disobeyed the government. You know why? They had a higher law that said, nope, you are not supposed to have any other gods before you. Did God take care of them? He did. Daniel chapter 6, their friend Daniel was told, can't pray to anybody but the king himself. Can't worship or pray to anyone else. Daniel said, that's a bad law. Daniel did what he always did, opened his window and prayed. And got in trouble, got thrown in the lion's den. But did God protect him from the lions? He did. Look, I don't want to go to prison for taxes. I know some have. I don't want to, to be a martyr for some secondary cause, but if it's straightforward God versus man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand with God, okay? And I'm going to be thankful and grateful for whatever the outcome is, trusting God. So I've given you something called praying for the nation. And as we go through it, let's just go through it quickly tonight. But it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You know, I, I, let's be honest. We're, we're guilty of not always praying for our government our government, our governors, our leaders. We're guilty of it. And there is, way, there is a way, and I'll show you tonight, there is a way that you can pray even for bad leaders. So <clears throat> here's some biblical guidelines when we're praying for leaders. Here's, first of all, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom, and I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. And the only good, wise leadership you could possibly have is godly. I didn't say this only because I guess I knew he was going to win anyway, so I just didn't. I should have, though. 
Public Utilities Commissioner, anybody know who it is? Chris Nelson. You remember that name? That guy's a Christian. I'm not saying he's an independent Baptist King James Christian, but that guy's a Christian. Last time I was in Pierre, South Dakota, I was at a meeting, and he was there, and he, he stood up and spoke for a little bit, and they said, let me give you something. And he went to Colossians, and he gave me a three, all of us a three-point outline and, and kind of preached a sermon out of Colossians. I was like, I went up after him, and I said, man, that was awesome. I handed him one of our tracks. I said, are you ever in Custer? Come to church. So I love Custer. I'll try to come sometime. I don't even can't remember his name. I think he was District 35. He, he had an ad on KOTA. And he kept saying, no man can possibly govern correctly without the Bible. And he quoted scripture from Exodus right there on KOTA radio. And I kept listening to the, and I just, he wasn't our district, so I didn't remember his name. Man, I hope he won. Praise the Lord for good people who aren't afraid of standing by the word of God. That's the only way you can have good. I would love it if we had, <clears throat> not just for the sake of a, of a picture, you know, a politician holding a Bible for a picture, but truly desired to find wisdom from God's word. And, and not only should I just wish it happened, but I should pray for it. So let's note some qualities that we desire and sometimes were demonstrated by men in the Bible leaders in the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 15. Let's just quickly see this. 2 Samuel 8 15. David reigned over all Israel and David executed judgment and justice unto all his people. To pray that they would execute judgment and justice. And, he's, and, 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 and I say this and I know even in my own heart it's like but I know so and so won't. Well, we need to pray that God will circumvent. You know, the Bible does say the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. You know, God has changed the minds of kings and, and, and rulers before. Second Chronicles 1 verse 7 says, <clears throat> In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And you know what Solomon asked for? Wisdom and knowledge. Solomon didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for long life. He asked for wisdom and knowledge. Then Second Chronicles 14, verses 1 and 2. Second Chronicles 14 and verse 1. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. And in his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Pray that they would just do that which is good and right. <clears throat> and then I mentioned Uzziah, Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 4 and 5. Second Chronicles 26, verse 4. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he's the same one who later on took upon it himself to go into the temple. And God cursed him and gave him leprosy. But early in his life, Uzziah was a good king doing right and seeking the Lord. Second Chronicles 31 and verse 20 and 21. Second Chronicles 31 verse 20 and 21. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. 
you know, it wouldn't hurt for us to send a good, uplifting, encouraging letter to some of our leaders with these verses and remind them, this is what happened when they obeyed God and did right. God prospered them. You can have this too. Good and right and truth to seek his God with all his heart. And then later on, Hezekiah just kind of got sideways and, and, and was kind of lethargic and lazy in his spiritual life and pretty selfish. And he had a young boy named Manasseh. And when he died, Manasseh was still barely, a, you know, not even, he was an adolescent. He wasn't even a full-grown man. When Manasseh became king, at a, I think as a teenager, Manasseh, the Bible says, was the worst king that Israel ever had. Worse than all of the rest. In verse 11, though, Chronicles 33 Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the hosts of the king of Assyria. So the enemy came in and conquered Manasseh's kingdom, which took Manasseh among the thorns. Now, if you don't know what that means, sometimes the Bible says, took thorns and taught them. Pretty much just drug them through the thorns. That'll teach you. And they drug Manasseh through the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him and he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord he was God. So even the most wicked king that they ever had, God humbled him greatly. And he prayed, and he found the Lord. It's happened before. It can happen again. And I'm so thankful that the Bible gives us a lot of history for us to look at and to take courage from. So what we have is a prayer list that we can make ourselves. And every time there's a, a, an election and a, and a vote, we can then upgrade and, and um, edit and make the changes necessary and that's just happened this month and so I've upgraded and changed my list a little bit to change some of the outcomes of the elections and names so I'm going to give these names to you and some of them you, hopefully you already know and some of them you might not know and if I say it too fast you can either go back and listen to this recording online or you can go on the internet and find out the names yourself and while I give you this first name <clears throat> Let me go to 2 Samuel chapter 15 because we need to. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Our president and vice president of the United States, in case you didn't know this, it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, we've had better. In 2 Samuel chapter 15, it's the story of when Absalom took over his dad's kingdom. Wrong. Did David do things that were wrong? He sure did. Did he bring upon bitterness in Absalom's heart? Probably. Absalom was wrong, though, in what he was doing. And so David, who was king, was fleeing for his life, and Absalom has now set himself up as king. Part of the problem is, is that David doesn't want to kill Absalom. It's his son. 
In 2 Samuel chapter 15, someone tells David in, the, in about verse 29, 30 or so, they tell David, verse 31, one told David saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Your friend Ahithophel. Now, the Bible says in chapter 16 that the counsel of Ahithophel was like the counsel of God. In other words, everybody respected what Ahithophel said. Ahithophel was before E.F. Hutton. Okay? When Ahithophel talked, everybody listened. And Ahithophel's counsel was very respected, but Ahithophel went with Absalom. I won't get off on this tonight. We can talk about this some other time. But you know part of the reason why Ahithophel, I think, went after Absalom, and I don't have time to prove this to you tonight, Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba. That puts a little different light on it, doesn't it? And apparently Ahithophel was mad at David for something too because he sided with Absalom. But what I want you to see is the last part of verse 31. When David was told that Ahithophel had joined with his rebellious son Absalom, who was making himself the new king, it says at the last part of verse 31, And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. When it comes to some of the names we're going to write on our paper tonight, I think that's how you can pray. Lord, without being overly judgmental towards another human being. Spin it for your glory anyway. You know, sometimes God actually gets more done with tragedy than with ease. So don't think that everything is a, a waste. It's not. But when you're praying, and, and, and we are told, as it says in First Timothy 2, we are to pray for those in authority. God, please help them to not be able to do what they want to do. It's okay to pray for them not to be successful. Our South Dakota U.S. Senators are John Thune and Mike Rounds. We could do better. But we should pray for them and let me just say, I called their offices this week, and I am thankful that at least those two guys didn't vote for the Disrespect of Marriage Act. Thankful for that. Our South Dakota U.S. representative in Washington is Dusty Johnson. We could do better, but we should pray for him. And listen, if you happen to meet these people, and because we're South Dakota, it's possible you could actually meet these people. What a wonderful thing if you can say to them with complete honesty, I pray for you. Our church prays for you. In fact, did you get the letter I wrote you? I wrote you a letter. Our United States Supreme Court justices are John Roberts, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and Kentonji Brown Jackson. <clears throat> Again, Lord, please help them not to get away with stuff they ought not be doing. Please hinder them if they're doing wrong. And if they're doing right, please help them. Our governor and lieutenant governor are Christy Noem and Larry Roden. 
again the same thing. Pray for them. And pray for them wisely. Our one District 30 state senator is Julie Frumont, Freimuller. Our two representatives in District 30 is Trish Ladner and Dennis Kroll. Our South Dakota State Supreme Court Justices are Steve Jensen, Mark Salter, Scott Mirren, Janine Kern, and Patricia Devaney. And although we've never met them, they are real people, <clears throat> and they're South Dakotans, and we need to remember to pray for them. Tell you a true story. Years ago, we went to Colonial Manor. Colonial Manor doesn't exist anymore, but it was one of our assisted living or nursing home facilities in Custer. Years ago, we went there, and it was about this time. It was about Christmas time, and I preached there and preached the gospel message about the three wise men and those three wise gifts, and, and I preached about salvation and the gospel. And there was one man there I'd never seen before, <clears throat> and afterwards, he came up to me, and he said, Young man, he said, that message was, was something I, I just I've never heard a message like that I said well thank you he's tall and I looked up and I said thank you and I thought to myself why are you here his name is Frank Henderson and he was a South Dakota Supreme Court Justice from 1979 to 1994 he practiced in Hill City and Rapid City and he apparently had fallen and conked his head and they stuck him in the manor for a little while until he got over it. My only regret is that I didn't push harder for his salvation assurance. Every time I go to pier, I go into the Capitol, and the one wing, there's the paintings of all the... And I see him. I always stop and look at his painting. There's the guy. There he is. These are real people. And maybe they just never heard it before like they need to hear it. Our local Custer County Commissioners are Jim Lintz, Mark Hartman, Mark Lin Mike Lindy, Craig Hindle, and Travis Bees. And there's nothing wrong with complaining or disagreeing or having a problem with any of these people as long as you've remembered to pray for them and you showed up to vote on election day. And then our city council members are Dixie Whitaker, Jean Jeannie Fisher, Nina Nielsen, Julie Genegas, Todd Pashota, and Peg Ryan. And uh, the city mayor of Custer is Bob Brown. And this year, like I haven't done in years past, I want to make sure that this list stays close to my other prayer list so that I can be reminded of these names. So at least when I am frustrated or disagree with decisions they make, I can at least say, and I have been praying for them. And who's to say if God wouldn't take one of the most impossible names on this list and drag them through the thorns someday, and they would get humble and get saved? You never know. You say, oh, it'd be impossible. Oh, it might sound impossible, but God's the God of impossible. And I'm not saying that I'm going to pray for their success if they're doing wrong, but I am going to pray that God will still intervene. And I will take courage knowing that sometimes God wants to get the king's attention by throwing somebody in the furnace. I mean, 
let's be honest, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't really paying close attention until those three boys went into the furnace and lived through it. Or until Cyrus or Darius allowed King the, them to throw Daniel in the lion's den. Let's understand God's still king. God's still on the throne. And no matter who these people are and what they do and how evil they might be, some of them might be, God's still in charge. And let's pray correctly and wisely for each one. And it might be like David. Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of so-and-so into foolishness. Spin it. And if he chooses not to, he's God and we can start trust him. Now, I'm not saying we ought not do activity. I'm not saying we ought not show up for meetings or vote or whatever it might be. But at the same time, according to our Bible, we need to be also remembering to pray. <clears throat> Remember years ago, Mrs. Jasper's, uh, Glenn Jasper's wife, was at home praying. They had this huge issue in Iowa. They were in um, um, Davenport, no, no, Marshalltown, Iowa, and they were having this huge fight. It was, was, I think it was the 1970s. They were having this fight about the right to have a Christian school, their church. There was a big fight going on, and they were fighting for the right. And um, <clears throat> to make a long story short, there was a big court date. And the opposition had their lawyers sitting there. And some of the pastors involved, they, were, they asked Glenn Jaspers to come. And so he came. And Glenn Jaspers had just been given a nice overcoat, really nice, and a top hat, kind of like a Tom Landry hat, you know. And he flew in. He, he was a pilot, so he flew in from wherever and, and, and then was escorted to the courthouse. And when he walked in, he was taking off his jacket, he had his top hat on, and this is a true story, and I'm just telling to you as I remember it. When he walked in, the opposition lawyers said, oh, they brought in the big guns, let's go. And they just forfeited the case right there because they saw Glenn Jaspers and they thought he was a fancy lawyer. And they forfeited the case. And so Glenn flew home and, and he walked into the house and Mary said, what happened? And Glenn said, you're not going to believe it if I tell you. You're not going to believe it. Mary said, what happened? He said, he said, I'm not, he said, I'm not kidding. He said, I walked in, and I, I, I guess I looked really important. I had a suit and tie on, of course, but I had my overcoat. And he said, I walked in. They saw me. They thought I was some big lawyer, and they just, they just walked out of the courtroom and just forfeited the case. And Mary said, and Mary started crying. She said, I was reading that story about the four lepers that went to the camp and they thought it was an army coming and I was praying that somehow God would just scare them. Let's not forget. I, I know, I know. We, we listen to politics. We listen to talk radio. We see stuff happening. We hear all the doomsday news. Let's not forget. God's not losing sleep over it and if he wants to, he can go, he can do lots of things. He can. And if he doesn't, the Lord is my shepherd. 
let's pray. Let's do things, but let's pray. And let's be very spiritually motivated and minded and biblically minded in our praying. So I encourage you to take this list. And I don't remember exactly what my friend Larry back there said a couple years ago. He said, Lord, I'm praying for so-and-so. I think it was Joe Biden. I don't really want him to be president. I don't really want, I don't like him, Lord. I love the way Larry prays, by the way. But Lord, I'm just praying. You don't know what to say. God knows what you're trying to say. And so let's, let's remember in all this, we have the privilege still like no other country. And, 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 and this week, let's be thankful that even the most evil people in our country still have some governors that keep them from doing more things. I mean, if it wasn't for the Bill of Rights, they could have got away with COVID. We'd all be globalists right now. If it wasn't for people saying, no, we have the Bill of Rights, we have freedom of assembly, and we have freedom of speech, we, we are not caving. If it wasn't for some of you guys saying, no, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm thankful that we got guys in this church that walked into Menards and walked out of Menards without a mask on. Whoa, good job. I, I, I'm being funny, but I, I, I hope there's nothing wrong with still exercising your rights. I was just reading in the book of Acts where they were getting ready to whip Paul, and Paul said, is it illegal to whip a Roman? I'm a Roman. He just, he just nonchalantly said, oh, by the way, you're, what you're about to do is illegal. Know your rights. Know the laws. And stand for what you believe in, but don't forget to pray. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And, and Lord, I know